I'm starting a new series called Neighbors. Neighbors, which I think is a good, good thing to talk about right now in our world and our culture. Some of you just got stressed out already. Neighbors. I want you to go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. We'll have it on the screen as well. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? It's interesting, Jesus asked him, how do you read it? Did you know that everyone reads situations differently? Did you know you read Facebook differently than I do? You, I know you do because I don't read it at all. I'm, I'm not going close to that. God, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is like one of the things we can get behind right there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. You ever felt like you wanted to justify yourself? I feel like that might be a problem for some of us. So we want to just, we kind of want to justify ourselves. We're not guilty. It's not us. Don't point a finger at me. Don't call me that. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? That's funny to me. I just like, just, Jesus, just, just in case you were mistaken, I just want to clarify. Like, are you talking about like the next door neighbor? Are you talking like two doors down? You know, who's my, who's my neighbor? He says, in reply, Jesus said, a man, and I love this about Jesus, he doesn't even answer the question. He just, just jumps into a story. So Jesus, who exactly is my neighbor? So what happened was, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed. When a priest happened to be going down the same road, when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so too a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. He came where the man was. And when he saw him, He took pity on him. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and he gave to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week. (laughs) I I think when, when times are turbulent, it is imperative for us to go to the word of God. I think when things are controversial, I think it is vital for our faith, for our hearts, and for our understanding for us to go to the Word of God. We've got to get rid of these ideas and thought patterns that are not grounded 
and are not founded in the word of God. Today, as we unpack this story, we're going to eavesdrop on this conversation between an expert in the law. Not someone that was ignorant. Not someone who didn't know what he was talking about. Someone who was an expert in the law that went to test Jesus. Some scholars say that although the NIV says test, that the actual attitude of his heart was not to catch Jesus, but it was a true seeker asking a very intentional question of a man, Jesus, that was the Messiah. That he looked to him as a rabbi, which meant teacher. That this man wasn't trying to catch him like the Pharisees. This man was actually trying to learn from him. Say, what is it? Who who is my neighbor? How do I get this eternal life? Which you know eternal life is life that continues on after death, but some tenses of the word also speak to a quality of life here on earth. That this man was not even talking just about the duration of eternal life, but also the quality of the life that he was in. And Jesus, when he speaks to him, was not just talking about a life that was somewhere far off. He was also drawing a correlation to a peace that he could have right where he was. I'm happy that there's peace in the afterlife, but I need peace right now. I'm happy that there is going to be unity sometime in the future. I need some unity right now. I need some unity in bed at night. When I'm, anybody else need to just take a break for a little while? Because it divides us, it attacks us, it aggravates us. And I think we find ourselves as this expert in the law more times than not, where we begin even to justify our actions, our stance, and our defense. Do you know when you come to the Word of God, the posture that you should have is as a student, not as an expert? If, if you come to the Word of God with a preconditioned idea, you will miss the power that is hidden in these pages. Because the power that is hidden in these pages is supposed to be the thing that gives us the foundation. It's supposed to be the thing that directs us so that we have to come with our minds and hearts open. Most people read to prove. Google, how do I prove this? How do I show them that the liberal agenda is a... I'll go the other way. How do I... I'll go both sides. Because we're missing the point. So Jesus lays it out. Look, look, watch how the master lays it out. He says, all right, let's clear some things up. Love. The Lord your God with all your heart. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rabbis and the victims and the oppressed and the oppressors all say, Amen. We believe that we should love God. Of course we should love him. We all love him. As we post, we love him. As we share, we love him. As we read, We love him. As we judge, we love him. As we criticize, we love him. And if you start talking about what love is, it has to conform our actions. It has to, if it's really love, 
It has to change me. It has to change the way that I talk. It has to change the way that I act. And so Jesus says, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Look at this. The heart denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. Love him at the heart, the center. The soul is the seat of the feelings, desires, affections, and even aversions. Love him with your soul. Love him with all your strength. This is all your ability, all your force, your strength, and your... Have you ever loved God with all your ability? I mean, that sounds like an aggressive posture to say, I'm going to love him with all that I am. And then if, like, if there's any way that we can get around his commands, he says, and love him with all your mind. So not even just with my action, but in my thinking. The mind is a faculty of understanding, feeling, desiring. I love him with all. The foundation of our living has to be found in loving God. If we get this wrong, everything else will be wrong as well. I have to love him. And this is where we're most unified. We love God. Now, this is, this is where it gets interesting because as always, Jesus doesn't stop there. He drives, he drives us to the matters of the heart. Just think about this. Do you love God with all your heart? We would say yes. Do you love him with everything you are? Do you love him more than your political stance? Well, yeah, yeah, but, but that's the truth. Stop. The question was, do you love him more than your political? I didn't know it was going to get political. No, this is, this is Christianity, friend. This is the problem, is that your Christianity has not informed your opinions. That, that's the problem, is that our, our, our opinions have performed, been formed by our understanding of Christianity instead of our Christ-centered focus affecting every other thing that we do. Somebody's watching and saying, are we doing this? Do you love him? Do you love him more than social media? It's just a question. Do you love him more than being right? It's going to be tough today. Do, do you love him more than, but I am right? No, no, stop, stop. The question was, do you love him more than being Right. Loving him 100% is the activator for every other type of love. I'll illustrate it this way. I, I, you know, I got two boys, and we've been to Disneyland, and Disneyland's fun. But honestly, after you go to Disneyland, at least for us, at least for me, I can't speak for my whole family, at least for me, I'm like, that was fun, probably not going to do it again. But for some reason, this last week, in the midst of this pandemic, being at home, not being able to travel, I was like, man, Disneyland sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's like because I can't go there, or I'm like, that sounds fun. I told you, I'm like, doesn't Disneyland sound fun? She's like, yeah, it does. I'm like, we're, man, with this thing, we're going to go to Disneyland. She's like, all right, Lord, touch him. We're going to go to Disneyland. This is the cool thing about Disneyland. This is why I like Disneyland. When you pay, there's a lot of reasons I don't like it. This is why I like it. When you pay the astronomical fee to get through those gates, you can go on every ride for free. 
it's not really free, but you don't pay again. Once there's entrance to the park, now you just go around and you get to go on all these rides, wait three hours for three seconds of fun, do it again, ride three rides and go home. It's incredible. It, once you have access, everything's available. Now, when you go to the fair, we've got a pretty good sized fair here in Texas, you have to measure your money. Because once you get through the gates, that's not, that's not the end of the road. Once I get through the gates, now I have to measure, do I want the corn dog or do I want to ride the Ferris wheel? Because if I do it all, I'm broke. So I got I to gotta measure which one I'm going to go. This is how we operate in our love. We, we got fair love. We measure it. But if I give this much here, then I can't. If I love her, then I can't love him. If I love this side, then I can't love this. If I, love, if I stand for this, then I can't stand for this. If I, if I stand with my brothers, then I have to be against the government. If, no, no, no. The love of God is admission. It's entrance. And now once you're in, it empowers and it activates my love for my brother, for my sister, for people who agree with me, for people who don't agree with me. I'm activated now. I'm in the park. I'm in Disneyland. I can go on anything now because the price has already been paid. It's, it's the love of God that empowers my love for others. And this is... This is where it comes. Jesus says in the second part of verse 27, he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. I like it that he adds that in there as well. Love your neighbor. Okay, I'm going to do my best. As yourself. As, as yourself. You know what this means? It means to prefer them. That's what it is. Because I know you're saying, well, I think I love them as much as I love myself. I don't love myself that much. So, no, stop. Prefer them. Above you. Instead of you get the last word, give them the last word. Instead of you get your point across, let them get the point across. Instead of you getting that or saying that, let, let, it's, it's preference. If I let them believe that, then no, they're going to believe what they believe anyways. Can I help everybody just for about like 22 seconds? Nobody is convincing anybody of anything on social media. All y'all can go back to your jobs, back to raising kids, back to loving Jesus, because ain't nobody convincing anybody of anything on social media. Oh, I think I'm really bringing awareness. No, you're not. You are gathering people to you that believe like you do, and now you are opposed to them, and you both share articles back and forth. I'm tired of the sharing and the articles. I'm just going to, the other day I did this on Instagram Live. I'm just like, okay, I'm supposed to share all this stuff. And I just opened the Bible. Old school. Can we just read what it says? Now, before you get offended, all right, before you get offended, this is for all of us. This, this, is, this is the awesome thing about Jesus. If you're getting offended right now, that's called conviction. That's from the Holy Spirit. That's good. I've been convicted. It's the love of God, it does not stop at one person or one place. This is the tricky thing about the love of God. Just when you begin to love someone else, oftentimes that love for another pits you against someone else. 
But the love of God is not pitted against anyone. So the moment you defend the police and you hate someone that's looting, you have now separated yourself from the love of God. Because God loves the policeman and he loves the looter. Or if you stand with your black brothers and sisters and say we're standing, and now I'm diametrically opposed to anybody who doesn't feel like that hate is only giving birth to more the love of God. It, it goes to each and every person. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I hear people, a lot of people say, a lot of people. So if this is, you're, you're thinking I'm talking to you, I'm talking like hundreds of people. Have said, this is not a racism issue. This is a sin issue. Can I help everybody with that? Racism is sin. So save your share. We, we know. We know. It's sin. Racism is the attitude of my heart. Injustice is the act of my hand. Both of them are sins before God. And we need a revival in our world, in our nation, and it has to stop. It's got to stop. Will, do you understand the expert in the law looking to justify himself said, I got to, whoo, good to have you back. Did you know at the root of all sin is self? At the root of all sin is self. I don't sin without trying to please self. So whether it's injustice, whether it's prejudice, whether it's hate, whether it's racism, no matter what the sin is, it finds its root in self. So the antidote to sin is also diametrically opposed to self, which we find actually the contentment of life that Jesus says, if you would like to find your life, then you have to lose it. And if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. This is what the, this is what the Bible teaches us. You know what, I think we oftentimes see what we can get away with. We have tons of young people, hundreds of young people in our church, and, and when people start dating, this is the question they ask. How far is too far? Right? I remember that when I was a teacher. I said, so, 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 Dad, tell me, like, how far is too It's the wrong question. The right question is, God, what are you asking of me in this season? And what does your word say? That's what the, so when he asks, who is my neighbor? Wrong question. Because he's already looking to qualify self. He's already looking to excuse someone from the canopy of God's love. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked. He wouldn't have been concerned about who his neighbor was if he already loved his neighbors. But in fact, he has to ask Jesus, who, 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 who exactly is my neighbor? Because he's setting himself up to be able to segregate someone from love, which is impossible. The priest and the Levi. The priest was looking. I told Jamie before this message, I was like, I probably should have made this message into about four parts. Because I missed you. But we'll be out on time.
The priests were looking to fulfill their religious duty. Now, I want you to see this. As they're walking down the path, this man had been beaten. He is laying there half dead, appearing as dead. The religious man, the priest, if he helped this half-dead man, then he would also become unclean. Because if he was dead, that dead, so he would become unclean. Now he will not be able to fulfill his religious duty. So to protect his religious duty, he passes by a brother that is in pain. Oh, I can't, I, I, I can't help him because then I will be associated. So then the Levite, he comes to the man on the side of the road, bleeding, half dead. And the Levite, as a, as a body, as, as a group of people, were known for avoiding risk at all costs. Oftentimes, on the road from, from Jericho to Jerusalem, robbers would wait, just like for this man, and it was rare that you would go there by yourself. So, in fact, the man that was beaten and robbed, it was actually his own fault for being beaten and robbed because he went on a road that was known to be dangerous that you should never walk on by yourself. So he went there. So many people could have thought it's his own fault that he got beat. It's his own fault that he was robbed and pass him by. The Levi was scared that if he went to the half-dead man, oftentimes they would put a decoy on the road. And when you go to help your brother, then they would attack and they would rob you. So to protect his own safety, he passed by. The priest passed by to protect his religion. And the Levite passed by to protect his safety. They both saw him, but they both passed him. To see is not enough. To see someone in pain is not an accolade. To see that someone is hurting is not an achievement. To see that someone has fallen and is half dead is not compassion, is not empathy, is not love. It's called observation. And observation is void of heart. It only takes eyes. And the entire world has opened their eyes to see. But many of us see and pass for fear of our religious duty or for fear of our own safety slash reputation slash family slash friends slash etc etc these things that go through our mind you can love others and not love God but you can't love God and not love others the two are interconnected First John chapter 4, verse 20, just in case you're wondering. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. 
What do you see? What do you see in the world when you look? What do you see? The, the, the priest saw, the Levite saw, but the good Samaritan, he says he saw and he stopped. This might be the most spiritual thing you could do in your life right now is to not see and pass, but to see and stop. And as we begin to close, I'm going to unpack what the good Samaritan did in, a, in, in really an analyzing of what empathy actually is and how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus right now in our world by looking through the lens of the Good Samaritan and what he did naturally is what we have to do spiritually. What good is seeing if we're not willing to stop? It says this in verse 33. It says, but a Samaritan, the good Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. He didn't have the man come to him. He didn't have the arguer come to his side. He said, I'm going to where you are. And he saw him and he took pity on him. Now, some of us like this word pity because pity, we can feel that. Oh, yeah, I'll have pity on my brother. But the Greek word pity is actually compassion. That Greek word compassion is the same Greek word that is used every single time that Jesus was moved with compassion. In fact, it is the same Greek word that is used when Jesus tells the story about the prodigal son. And the Bible says, as the prodigal son was coming home, that his father's heart was moved with, not pity, compassion. Which we learned last week, that compassion means to suffer together. I saw a, a meme on social media that it had the prodigal son coming home with a sign. You're going to love this. Being sarcastic. That said... Prodigal sons matter. And his dad was there with his heart swelling with love and compassion. And in the back was the brother. And he had a sign. And it said, all sons matter. Yep. But the prodigal son was thought to be dead and thought to be gone. But he was coming home. And so the loving father who always loved the older son took just a minute to say, come home, come on. And his heart broke with pity or with compassion. He said, we're going to suffer together with the one who was lost that now has been found the definition of empathy is found in this verse. Go where they are, see them, and have compassion on them. Go where they are, see them. This is for everybody in all walks of life, everywhere. Go where they are, see them, have compassion on them. The Levite and the priest didn't stop because they were worried about what would happen to them if they did. The Samaritan stopped because he was worried about what would happen to the man if he didn't. 
That's the love of God. That's the love of God. That's the love of God that swells from a father's heart. That we say what would happen to us if we stand. And he says, what is going to happen to the man if you, if you don't? It says the good Samaritan, and this is how I want to begin to wind down. It says the good Samaritan, he did a couple things. In verse 34 it says, he went to him and he bandaged his wounds. Pouring oil and wine. Oil was to soothe the pain. And the wine was an antiseptic. He says, he tended to his wounds. So he poured out, this is, this is what we have to do right now in our world. He poured out healing. See, this is what you're getting from me. You're getting healing. You're getting healing. No argument about why he shouldn't walk down that road. Oh, don't you know this is the road from Jerusalem to Jericho? Why are you walking here? None of that. He said, you got a wound. Come here. Come here, you got a wound. If you're wondering if I'm going to stop preaching the love of God, I'm not. You thought that I got it out of my system last week. I didn't. Because it's not me. It's this word. You thought you were glad you missed last week so you could come to this? No. The only thing a Christian should have right now not a judgment, not an argument, not a debate. The only thing a Christian should have right now is healing in their hands. I'm telling you, it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to be his hands and to be his feet. It is time to end the branding problem of Christianity that is so focused on our own religion that we have missed the point of the heart of God. If you come to us, the only thing you'll get is healing for your wounds. Healing for your wounds. And he doesn't even stop there. He poured out healing. The second part of the verse says that he went to him, he bandaged his wounds. The second part says at the end, he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to an inn to take care of him. He operated in humility. If I'm riding a donkey... And the dead man is on the street. I have to get off of, there's an old saying that might hit home. I have to get off of my high horse. I got to pick up my brother. Oh, now he's taken my spot. And he is above me. That's what love is. Humility that says, Yeah, I've had a rough life too. But it's not about my life right now. It's about healing. You know what? This is why some of you aren't healed. Because you keep on picking at the wound. And what you should do is heal someone else's. This is why some of you are depressed. Because at the root of depression is the same root of racism and injustice. and what There is an element of sin. Or, let me say it this way, it's softer. An element of self. And the antidote to depression, and I know people struggle with all kinds of different ways and, and all kinds of different clinical depression, all, all of that, but I'm going to tell you an antidote of depression is found in Jesus' words that causes us to lift up our eyes from us and onto someone else. It begins to heal your own wound when you begin to offer healing to someone else's wound. 
It begins to heal your own heart when you begin to heal someone else's heart. I, it's a well-known pastor that posted something. I almost brought it out today, but I was like, it's too much. But he posted this, he posted this, this phrase about Jesus rests where there is pain. Basically, he's saying, wherever there's pain, Jesus is. And someone in the comments, Carmen, I won't say her last name. Old Carmen, she says, but Judah, everyone else is hurting too. Stop. Stop it. Carmen, what the heck, Carmen? This is not about you and having to homeschool your kids because school's down because of a pandemic. This is about what will go down in history as one of the most pivotal junctures in our nation. Mark my words. They didn't know it in the past either. But this is one of the pivotal, most pivotal moments in the history of the church. This is the mo- one of the most pivotal moments in the history of our nation. And what we need more than anything is Christians to not offer another debate, but to offer healing. Healing and humility that says, I'm going to lift you up above. I'm going to put you above. I'm going to prefer you above my own idea, my own preference, my own wants, my own desires. I'm putting you above self. We have to do this in church sometimes. I might not dress like you want me to dress. We might not sing what you want me to sing. You're back in the building. You're like, I don't remember it being this loud. Yes, it's that loud. But sometimes you have to get hungry enough for God that you set aside preferences and say, I would like to move forward the kingdom of God. I would like to lay down petty offenses and be humbled to a point that I can prefer my brother. I'm getting off my high horse. He not only operated in humility, he gave honor. This is something that not too many people talk about in the story. When he went to the innkeeper, he said, I'm going to pay you now for what you're about to give to him. And I'm going to pay you, listen to this, I'm going to pay you past my presence. Which means that he paid for something that would continue after he had left. Let me say it a different way. He paid past his protest. Let me say it another way. In a couple months, some things are going to calm down. But it doesn't mean the sin issue is going to be gone. So we have to continue to fight. I've had people, well-meaning people say, well, what about human trafficking? We're, we're going there. We stand against injustice. Well, what about And what, yes, yes, we stand with God on his word against injustice. Right now in 2020, we got to get, we got to get beside our people of color, black brothers and sisters. Say, we're with you. Well, I didn't know today was going to be, this is a heart of God thing. Every time you have an excuse, I want you just to think of yourself as an expert in the law who Jesus rebuked. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I've got more degrees than a third. I don't care about your degrees. In fact, 
Jesus says this, not by your education you'll know them. He said, by your fruit you will know them. Side note, what if we got as passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus as we were about advancing our position? We would have revival. Some of you are the best evangelists I've ever met, but you're preaching the wrong message. Let's preach Jesus. Let's preach Christ and him crucified. Let's bring hope. Let's bring life. Let's bring healing. Come on, we can do this if we do it together. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are his building, his body, and we're carrying out his purpose. That's us. I'm going to give you one more thing. I told you I was going to draw. This is how we're closing. It's going to help you. Jamie and I, we, uh, we're in counseling. Not for the reason you think, but um, our mentors told us with the stress of the world, the stress of ministry, stress on marriages as you lead, you need to be in consistent care. You need someone to coach you, tell you the truth, have a third part, right, whatever. She had to say all those things to convince me because I was like, eh. Jamie's like, someone to talk to first. That's amazing. I was like, someone to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so we're in. This is like one of our first sessions, right? I'm giving away. I'm, I need to give my honorarium for what I'm about to give you. And I'm like, well, the reason I did that was, well, the reason she feels like this is, well, if she would just, right? I mean, I, I solved all the problems in like the first 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. so, so the only... Anybody else married? Uh, the only problem is the application. And he just looks down. He looks down at the ground while I'm like talking. I'm like, yo, we're paying you a lot of money, bro. Like, you can at least pay attention to the advice I'm giving. And he does this. I don't even know if I can do it, but he did this upside down. He goes, you know what that says? You misspelled ice? He said, I see you. You know what that stands for? Intensive care unit? He said, yeah. Now I want you to do this. I don't know if I can do this upside down. He did. C-S-E-E. Get it for the people on live stream. I see you. He says, if you don't see her or don't join her, you will never be able to connect or minister or teach. Or no, It all has to start with seeing this looks like when somebody posts something crazy. And you're like, oh, I'm studied up on this one. Ooh, here it comes. Man, I see you. That must be hard. Whoa, whoa, we. Stop. Can you see? 
Can you see? This has changed my life. It's changed my life. I see you. People I've talked to in the last couple months, you already know it's changed my life because I worked, I did it on you. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, I see you. That's hard. Ah, that's tough. Man, that's too bad. Man, that must be hard to not know when your son goes jogging. That must be hard to not know if he's saying. That must be hard to know when your kids go to school that they're treated differently than my kids. That must be hard. Well, the statistics say that as many unarmed white people have been... If you're sharing that, I'm just telling you right now. You, what are you, what are you talking about? The stats are true. The only difference is the ones that were killed were not killed because they were white. That's the difference. You get mad if you want to. That's the difference. That's the difference in the whole thing. Oh, well, they committed. Stop it. Stop it. There's hurting and there's pain. Well, you should have never walked down that road. Stop. Heal first. Heal first.